Life is changing. And as my guest today says, we are walking in a forest of unpredictability. Let's have ourselves a pocket-sized pep talk because one way to cope with unpredictability is to innovate. And we're going to discuss a guide to do just that. A pocket-sized pep talk, the podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick, inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. Today's guest, Jackie Lyles, is an innovator, speaker, convener, and consultant in energy and technology. Known for her two Amazon best-selling books, Own Your Value and Transformational Growth, and an entertaining TED Talk, she develops strategies with Fortune 500 companies, as well as new energy and technology emerging companies and governments to solve energy security challenges, increase revenues, and improve the quality of life of communities. Whew. Happy to have you with us. So welcome to the show, Jackie. Thank you. It's a delight to be here, Rob. Oof, that's some bio there. Uh, folks, <laughs> that took me three tries. <laughs> that was not easy. You've got quite a background there. Uh, but it's nice. I do. Yeah, you sure do. I've been on Jackie's podcast. What was the name of your podcast again? Sales Magic. There you go. I was on that Sales Magic podcast, and now uh, we're going to have Jackie on ours. So it's really great to see you again. I want to hone in on that book, Own Your Value. And I'm guessing, usually, I've always wanted to create a podcast with this name. I'm actually floating it with a, a group out here called A Book Finds You, because you rarely do we find a book. It kind of finds us. How did Own Your Value find you? Oh, that's, thank you. Thank you, Rob. That's a great question. And it's a delight to be here with your audience and with you. It's, uh, you really inspire me. I've loved reading your books and listening to them on Audible. So much fun. So um, the way it found me is um, we had a client that kept saying, why don't you write this down? And it was, um, a lady at Centerpoint Energy, and she kept saying again and again and again, you know, you've got so much stuff in your head. Why don't you write this down and give us this in a book we can read? She said it's predictable, repeatable process. And uh, we kept doing this again and again and again. And I realized I wanted to do this uh, because it was a secret to our work in working with technology companies and in energy companies, especially around renewables and new kinds of generation, because what's coming out in the whole green energy movement and also with, with many new companies as they're trying to launch new technologies, what they found is that they've got to have a great way to own their own value. And so our flow value model that we put together is predictable, it's repeatable, and there's so many stories we have of people that we've worked with out in the field who are rock stars in sales. Yeah. And I know many people out in the audience, you're probably rock stars too. And, you know, we love hearing those stories about other people. I mean, there are people like in this book, you know, we talk a little bit about uh, Amanda, who is just a superstar in sales. And when I started working with her, she kept saying, I, you know, I asked her if she would be willing to be in the book. And she said, I'd love to. So it just started writing itself, just telling the stories of clients. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, you've got um, a, a 
you don't have just three or four clients that pitched in, but it's like 30 or 40. How many, how many people were part of this book? Yeah, we, uh, you know, in this process, yeah. we worked with over 400 people and we narrowed it down and honed it down to the top 10. So that's what you really hear about again and again, but there's many others mentioned, you know, including, um, Mauro Ferrari, and he was really the catalyst that started it all. Dr. Ferrari is a leader in um, science, in brand new nanotechnology science. And and at the time, he was president of Houston Methodist Research Institute. And he is an incredible researcher that had a huge breakthrough with nanotechnology and finding uh, actually a a way to treat lung cancer that it goes away in, in mice. And so it was his, his work is covered in science. And he said, you know, I want to give somebody a chance to give someone else a chance. And that's what you do and own your value. So what an incredible guy. He's an Italian guy. Uh, you know, and when he was in Texas, he always wore cowboy boots. So uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. He's now in California and I understand that he goes out and swims every morning. So, you know, he's, he's uh, flexible in that. Well, that's why he wears cowboy boots when he's in Texas and he walks around with a surfboard when he's in California. <laughs> this guy adapts to his uh, environment, which isn't a bad thing. You know, salespeople listen up. <laughs> that's, that's called adapting yeah, and yeah. fitting into your environment. It's not, completely foolish so yeah oh yeah really smart really smart yeah. and you know rob i mean yeah. this book about owning your value goes to talk about how we're all in sales yeah. i mean you know i started selling when i was eight years old with the girl scouts i sold more cookies than anyone in my troop region area part of texas <laughs> And uh, I sold again and again and again, and it was always about owning the value that I brought to the transaction and to the experience in relationship. Yep. Yep. Uh, just so you know, I was in Boy Scouts and I, <laughs> I, I and I was in a troop that had uh, over 120 guys in it. And uh, wow. we sold first aid kits for the uh, back of cars. We actually sold light bulbs door to door. We had a real, real smart leader. I mean, who? Everybody needs a light bulb. We're coming right to your door and we got a tax deduction for you. Uh, and we sold fertilizer. But um, I always pride myself. Um, and when I ran track in high school, always pride myself. Nobody outsold me. Now, I had 36 first cousins in the state of Maryland. That helped. <laughs> Seven <laughs> uncles and two aunts. But my golly, by gosh, once I ran through that menagerie, I was still selling but I agree with you. Everybody is in sales. I, 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 I almost roll my eyes sometimes because I know people fight that, but a parent, you know, sells a child, you know, we're trying to make cleaning up a room that child's idea. Uh, you know, uh, we, we sell at the PTA, we sell, uh, in the boardroom, we sell when we're managers and, um, but it's, it's a shame. Well, let's just stay there for a second. Why do you think, and, and we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to jump right back to that book, but I just want to talk to another sales mind. Why do you think so many people resist saying that they're in sales? What's the problem? Oh my gosh, it's uh, Willie Loman, the death of a salesman. You know, the old door-to-door -door fuller brush version. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to college so I don't have to sell. I'm going to be in a real tough tech field so I don't have to sell. I'm going to be 
you know, I worked, uh, probably the best example I could give you, I worked with a lot of PhD rocket scientists uh, with a company that did um, very new technology in green energy to find out how to have a net carbon zero, which means no methane gas leaks out. You know, it's it's incredible that they do that in these plants. And everyone said, Jackie, we're so glad you're the salesperson because we don't want to sell. We don't want to market. We can't do it. And I always had to apologize. I thought I was the noisiest person in the office. You know, we were in this, it's a startup and you can imagine this big open area and all these scientists were working on all these algorithms. They're absolutely brilliant. I mean, their product could do something that had never been done before. And I was always talking to, you know, 400 thought leaders, getting them engaged, getting our team involved getting the meetings. And what I did is make those connections and make those in-depth referrals to one place, to another, to another, to another. And I saw it as a game. I saw it as a joy. I made it fun and I engaged them and made it fun. Uh, so it didn't feel like you couldn't be yourself. I think the number one key to selling is being authentic and just being yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And listening. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't hurt either. <laughs> and asking questions of the, the building blocks, but you're right. Um, you know, there's a competitive side to it. And just to unpack a little bit of what you said there, I think one of the issues also is I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot at an industry, but I'm not really taking a shot at an industry. I'm going to tell you, one of my biggest clients is in this industry. So, but sometimes when we were 16, 17 years old, we, we walk onto a used car lot and we're not necessarily getting the, the top of the line salesperson all the time. And so our first, where you say Willie Loman, uh, sometimes our first brush is with maybe a lower level position of sales. And we think that that's all there is to it. And it's a shame because, you know, I, I'm probably on a hundred podcasts saying this, but uh, it's one of the greatest things that we can do helping people uh, actually pass their fear of change. And um, it's a tremendous skill that not only helps you while you're carrying a bag, and, you know, with a classic sales position, but pretty much in anything you'll do for the rest of your life. Um, when you can ask questions and listen, and when you can use those questions to persuade and draw people to ideas that you may have in an authentic manner, as you just said, I'm not sure I've got a better set of skill set I could pick to build on than that. But um, we got to we got to change people, Jackie, one at a time, and realize that uh, not everybody's Willie Loman or, or Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, <laughs> some of the <laughs> others, uh, and that uh, it's a tremendous profession. Tremendous. Uh, let me keep rolling for a second. I was reading a review online. Uh, I, I've, been, I've been doing my Jackie homework. I was reading okay. a review online from your book and uh, it was really cool. It said it's a mental um, broom to clear the cutter, the clutter from your mind. So you write about clearing your mind of obstacles and impediments. Uh, so that's, that works for me. Tell us how you do that. How do we do that? Clear our mind and get rid of some of those obstacles and impediments because we can dig in and hold on to stuff for a long time. 
Well, the first thing is just to free yourself to do something for the first time. If you tell yourself, okay, yes. And I think, you know, the example that I, that I gave, you know, those clients that they'd sold, they hadn't sold any <laughs> cameras that they, they had three on loan out in the field, but they'd sold zero when I came in and they, their argument was no one will call them back. So their feelings were hurt, you know, and uh, they were early in career. So this is their first real job. And they had very, they were absolutely brilliant. I mean, they'd won all kinds of awards. So the way you free your mind is not being attached to your past successes. I talk about being in the present, being in the moment. So my practice is I meditate every day. So one CFO of a gaming company, uh, he had high anxiety of doing big presentations for investors because that's part of his job he has to tell the investors how they're doing he has to travel all over the country and do road shows and where he goes place to place to place of telling their story and their success and he was so hung up on the fact that he got mixed up in a board meeting you know three weeks ago and he couldn't get over it and I said just let it go just put it out of your mind just don't focus on whenever it comes up, just say, stop. And he started doing that. And then he started meditating and he, I said, go walking, go walking in the morning, exercise, workout. He didn't have, I don't have time for any of that. I said, but yet you have time to, um, what are the consequences of not doing it? You have time to do a lot of things. He said, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to keep this job. I said, so make it easy. It's easy choice. Yeah. You know, and so bring yourself to do something for the first time, just because you've never done it before. Doesn't mean you can't do it. Right. You know, it's like the first time you remember the first time you got behind the wheel of a car and you drove somewhere on your own. On a, on my own or, or with my gym teacher yelling in my <laughs> ear, which one are we talking about now? <laughs> On your own, after the gym oh, teacher yelled at you, teacher. with okay. all that negative negative feedback, yes. when you yes. got your license, you passed yeah. it. Right. You yeah. know, at the driver's bureau, you were on your own. You're on the road, and just that sense of freedom. Yeah. You know. Yep. Or a bike when you rode a bike for the first time. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I I, I really love the topic of sort of dealing with anxiety and kind of getting through that. Um, I, I tell people a couple things. First, I tell them, um, I would tell this gentleman, uh, because I, because he's been doing some of these and battling the anxiety. Um, what's the track record? What usually happens when you stand up in front of the room? Not this horrendous dream you had last night of, you know, showing up without your pants on or whatever it was. What actually typically happens? Oh yeah. It goes pretty well. Uh, not a bad mindset to have, but I'll let you in on something, Jackie. I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I have, a you know, first of all, I'm also a meditator. Um, I do TM and, um, but I have this thing that I do and it, it almost looks like I'm antisocial. I will talk to the client afterwards. I'll talk to them the day before I'll have dinner with them. I'll have breakfast with them, whatever they want. But about 10 minutes before it's go time, I don't really want to be engaged in a conversation about this or that. I have this walk that I take 
quietly. And I think I'm, I feel like I'm in sort of um, a horse barn, a, a paddock. And I am just gently walking this horse, getting ready for a race and just trying to calm my nerves. And, and, and the, this, this horse that's getting ready to race, who happens to be me, is not nervous about the race. Now he's anxious about the race and he should be. He's about ready to, to run a race. It's, we're, we're getting ready to put it all out there. So I want to use that anxiousness. I don't want to, I don't want to reject it. I want to accept it. I want to reject any thoughts of nervousness. I can't really use that, but I take that quiet walk and I can almost hear sort of hoofs being gently going across that, that gravel and that, that grass and get ready to be loaded mentally into that stall and waiting for the bell. And that's my way of kind of calming my nerves. As crazy as that sounds. Now you're the first person who ever got that story. So be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for this client, he was very successful yeah. in meditating and walking just for 20 minutes a day. And mm -hmm. then he just being in the present moment and breathing. Right. When someone asks him a question, are they peppered in with questions? He just, I just ask him to stop, pause, breathe, listen and hear them, repeat what he heard if he needed to, clarify and answer. So being in the present moment, you're completely okay. Yeah. You know, telling yeah. yourself, I am okay. Yeah. I'm in this moment, I'm breathing, I'm perfectly fine, I'm standing upright, and I'm grateful to be here. And that the uh, research that we've done on gratitude, it triggers something in your brain. And so that, so I love your analogy of the horse. That's a great analogy. I think in your book, you talk about how someone came up to you during that, <clears throat> excuse me, during that period and you had to talk to them or ask them a question and had to help them find a place to sit or you heard them talking about you about how they didn't want to be there That's <laughs> right. and you used it right and so you went and yeah. stood by them when you wrote delivered. a poem about it <laughs> yeah and so I love that I love that and so I think uh the uh Dalai Lama talks about and um uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, the Zen Buddhist monk from Vietnam, talked about being in the present moment and breathing. And so if you can connect to the breath, you can be very happy in that moment and be very grateful. Yeah. What do you do? Um, you know, I think you know, the, the rule of thumb in sales for us usually is if, without a salesperson present, People instinctively don't fix problems, don't make changes when they're small. Mm -hmm. They make them when they're big uh, and then tend to regret it took them so long to make the change. Again, why we need great salespeople in this world, because we can help shorten that learning curve. But what about you? When do you know when it's time to change? Uh, and let, you know, because we don't want it to be something major that happens. What are you looking for? For me internally, mm -hmm. I look at myself, am I losing my edge? Am I getting bored? Am I trying to find things wrong? What's going on? Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or 
<laughs> one of my triggers is snacking too much, you know, <laughs> all I have to do is look at the scale and realize it might be time to change, you know, so uh, I, I think in my business, there are indicators, we have conversations with people, part of our work with our clients is loving these innovators and really people who are innovators, we ask them questions and we're learning a lot with these, we call them five magic questions. But when I hear out in and look at my work and I see people starting to talk about what's going on with their industry, their situation, I'll, I'll give you a concrete example. We have a client that's come up with a new technology for long-term battery storage. And it's brand new, hadn't thought about, no one's really thought about this approach. It's absolutely brilliant. I realized that it's so needed everywhere. And when I start hearing people say, well, why don't they use that to fix our power grid system? <laughs> why, you know, why don't we do that? And I thought, oh yeah, they said, you really need to get going on this. And, you know, so when people start saying, wow, I think it's needed, it's needed. Then you start hearing, okay, it's time for me to change my focus and my work. I had focused forever on tech clients and I realized I need to focus on my renewables and green energy clients. And that's, I look at the results. So I do some tests. So before and this is what I always recommend, Rob, for clients to do little micro test. Just try a couple. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like um, <laughs> I had uh, I had an ex husband that he was uh, he hated green vegetables. Any vegetable, if it was green, he wasn't going to eat it. So I would try to convince him just to try one or half of one you know, a Brussels sprout, just bite. And, um, you know, he, he couldn't really try it, but then there were some things that he tried that he could do it. Yeah. And, you know, it was artichoke hearts of all things. Okay. He liked those. Well, that's well, a pretty mild, yeah. that's pretty mild. I don't know if that even counts as a vegetable, but all right. What about broccoli? Could you get him on the broccoli? No, no way. No way. No apart. way. So so I think I think if you try just little micro test, yeah, then you can build up a strategy. This came from uh one of my mentors, his name was Ralph, the brilliant, brilliant man. He'd launched a, a large um division of a company, and he was a brilliant marketing guy. And he told me that marketing strategies are not made up of big, grandiose strategies. You wake up in one morning and decide, okay, I've got to change. But you start doing little things different and testing it out and seeing and realizing that you have to change. So, you know, in my life, um, I have done major changes like driving my car down the freeway. It stopped driving. I had to call the you know, tow truck to come get me. And I realized, okay, it's time to get a new, I've got to get a new vehicle. Okay. That's, this isn't going to work. We're just not going to, the car, uh, the guy that worked on at the car shop, he said, um, 
you know, Miss Jackie, we can fix it, but we don't know if you're going to be able to drive it. <laughs> so said, How old okay. was this car? But this is interesting. I want to stay on the car for a second. How old yeah. was this car? It was 12 years old. 12 years old. How many, about, how many miles was on this car? Uh, well, 90,000. Well, kind of lower on the miles, but high on the, on the years. The reason why I'm asking you, Jackie, and I'm sort of pausing here is because that's actually a classic example. Once again, of we got a 12-year-old car. It probably has had a few service issues here or there. I don't yep. know any 12-year-olds. It, did. Well, it and, did. And there's a part of your brain going, maybe we should get a new one. But yeah. that's what I mean when I say we don't typically fix small problems. We fix big problems. We haven't been left on the side of the road yet. And in business, yep. so many businesses have that same story. It's just, well, our security system hasn't really been updated and it's a little bit on the old side, but knock, knock, knock. We haven't been hacked yet. And um, and there it is. That's that kind of position of change. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm asking you about that, because it's so difficult for you, me and our customers to do that. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why from on my side of the, the mic here, I'm usually looking for people that I trust, people that I value, who can eyeball what I'm doing sometimes within the company, outside the company, good consultants, because we all, you and I can operate unconsciously and competently. In other words, we don't know that we don't know sometimes. That's why we need to to trust others, but they got to be the right person. So true. So true. Yeah. All right. You wrote the book, Own Your Value. How does Jackie own her value? Well, the first thing that I do is I we follow our own flow value model for our work. Okay. So this, every time it works. And when we follow the methodology, follow the system, have great project managers, give our own self-feedback into this isn't working, this isn't not working. I have a board of directors that I report to. I'm the CEO of my company, but I still go have my board and they give me feedback. And, you know, the great thing I love about sales, the numbers tell you it's working or it's not. Yeah. And I own the value that I bring because I really know what I'm very good at doing and I know where I'm weak and I focus on my strengths. I don't try to redo myself all the time. I mean, there are things I just will never be great at, you know, and I'm okay with it. I, yes, I made an A in graduate school accounting and an A in finance. And I know it's better to have Sheila do all my financial management for my company. Because if, if you made a list of all the things that give me energy, that's when I know when I'm owning my value, the things that make me happy, make me light up, give me energy. That's where I want to spend my time. When I can deliver the highest and best outcome for my time and my energy and my, um, my relationships. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. I worked with a client last week. They really they have a brand new product, very successful company. They want to break out and get this product launched. So they had engaged us to help them find five different opportunities to test their strategy, to see how it was going. 
got them in front of a global IT manager, worked with them on the strategy. We got into the meeting, started, they asked the questions. We talked about their approach. They did a fantastic job. All of a sudden, it's a $2.3 million opportunity. And, it, and he, the CEO of this, our, my client, wouldn't stop asking great questions. He revealed all the pain, all the consequences, the possibilities. So I know that that was 30 minutes of my time really well spent. Yeah. Yeah. Because I could give him feedback. I said, okay, do you want feedback? Would you like feedback after this meeting? They said, absolutely. I said, you're a great salesperson. You're, you're right on track. Tell the CEO of where you need to go and what you need to be doing. The client gave great feedback. They were thrilled. The client called me after he got off the call and said, Jackie, how do you know these guys? I said, well, met them in March and so impressed with what they were doing. And I wanted to connect them with you because I just knew there were opportunities. And they wanted to look at changing their approach to the market. They need a new strategy. And they need to disrupt some old patterns in their company. And they want to disrupt the industry. And he said, it's exactly what we're looking for. He said, these guys are not just someone I would buy from, but they're someone I want to partner with globally. So that's, I know I'm very good at that, you know, Robin, that's how I want to spend my time right. on those high uh, value interactions and they give me direction and give me feedback into what could be. Yeah. Yeah. It got me thinking a lot on this side. Um, I, I, I'm not going to name the company, but I'll tell you that I, um, and I, and I think this is a really good message for, for just about anybody who's listening, particularly in sales, but you know, one of the things in your hearing in Jackie's story is, you know, we, we have to bring some sort of value to the table with us. Uh, that'll, that'll give you a nice kick in the, in the pants. Uh, but I, I went and I was up against much, much, much bigger companies for a contract that I had no business even walking into. And, but I, I had faith and, um, I walked in, it's probably 20 years ago and I, um, I was tr trying to position something that they wanted sold. And I said, I, I just have one question for you. If I walked into your establishment and, and, and was looking for exactly what you wanted me to want, what would I be asking for? What is, what is it that, that makes you different from everyone else? One thing. And they looked and very confused. And they said, could you go out in the hallway? And they called me back in a few minutes later. They handed me something they had written on a piece of paper small piece of paper. And I said, they said this, and I said, okay, we got a lot, a lot of franchises. Anybody else know about this? And they were like, not really. And I went, that's where we start when we're selling. I have to know what we want the client to want. But in a sense, I stumbled into a question that they hadn't asked themselves. And I know it's 20 years ago because I'm still working with that client. And, um, and so anyway, it's uh, those that I'm coming back at you. That's the kind of thing that really makes makes me feel valued and, and, and great. I love coming up with thoughts and ideas that, in a sense, nobody else has. At least I try. But anyway, you, you, you inspired that story. Out. You, you, so far, you're doing really well. I, whose podcast is this? 
so far you've got me <laughs> tell one and a half stories I don't normally tell. Um, all right, let, let let me ask you. We'll bring this. We'll bring ourselves in for a landing. Uh, if a listener walked away today after listening to this podcast, and they walked away with one thought or one idea or one action that they want to take with them from the conversation that we've had, what would it be? What would you want them to, to take away from this conversation? I would, thank you. Thank you. I, let me just reflect on that. I would want them to know that there is a way they can change their mind about the value they bring to their customers and potential customers. And there's a way they can change the mind, their, the minds of customers about the value they bring. So it, it's a match. Yeah. And the way to test it is one relationship at a time. And it's not about logging hours and drudgery and difficulty. It can be easy. It can be easy to change your mind. Just have yeah. to do it and let go and just take one step at a time. So I'd want them to leave with that feeling of they can do they can do this. They can own their own value on the value they bring. And they can understand what value their customers are bringing to the relationship and that it's a match. It's not, not everybody is your customer and not everyone is the best customer for you. And it doesn't have to be hard. You can use it to approach it as a, as a step-by-step -step testing and find a strategy or a flow. I'll give you a quick example. I talked to a client yesterday and um, she's chair, chair of the board, this organization that I worked with and I'm still working with them. And I talked to her, they, it, it's been so difficult for them. They've not been able to turn it around to really, they've tried and tried and tried for years. So they started asking, I call them the five magic questions, but essentially they're in my book, you know, on your value, they're on page 71. Sure. They're simple, straightforward questions, but they get the ball rolling. And she said, Jackie, we now are seeing a complete change in our organization. People are coming to us. Um, you know, this particular person's uh, late in her career. So early people who are much, and she talked about much, much younger are coming in. They're making a significant difference in the community, in the organization. And it's changed for the good. It's been completely disrupted. So, you know, when you think about the five magic questions, I mean, they're in my book and they're, um, you would, find them in the podcast even in um i asked them on the podcast on sales magic so uh you know the questions are you know what's the key responsibility you're focusing on right now what's the biggest challenge you're facing 
imagine a partnership with us to meet that challenge? What does it look like to you? How will you measure its success? What will it do for you personally when the challenge is met? And I just added one today, you know, I was thinking about you, Rob. I did this in a, uh, some work we we're doing with a client. And I said, what are the consequences of not doing it? What's going to happen if it, you don't do it? You don't meet that challenge. Yeah. You don't take action. Yeah. And they said, well, we won't get there. We'll have to do something completely different, but it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. And I thought about, I thought about that. I thought, uh, yeah, so, so those, that's my answer. Perfect. Yeah. What are the consequences? I know the cars seem to be running okay. But what are the consequences of having an important appointment, needing to be someplace in a timely manner, a lot riding on it, and that car picking that day to leave you on the side of the highway? That's the, those are the questions that clients don't typically ask themselves. And we have a responsibility to earn the right to ask that question. I don't shake hands, take a sip of coffee and ask that question. We're going to be pretty deep into the conversation, but it's an outstanding question. Um, I, you know, I'll close with, with this back at you. I had, um, I learned this when I was 21, Jackie, um, in the insurance industry. And uh, I, I learned in my mind that selling often is not what is, it's what if. And when we learn that, and, and we um, when you figure out, you know, understand what we're talking about here, that's the value that great salespeople bring to the table. We, we, we can get at these things a little bit earlier. Stop being, stop thinking back when you were 16 and and you and, and that you know, Willie Loman and, and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, we're, it's, it's a new time and let's embrace those that can help us find uh, our value. Uh, own your value. It's on Amazon. Uh, yep. Jackie would love if you picked up a copy and she'd really love if you wrote a review on it. So there you yeah, go. It's own your that. value. She's got a couple of books on there. And um, how do people get a hold of you, Jackie? Well, the easiest way is just email Jackie at JackieLiles.com or my website, JackieLiles.com. Listen to the podcast. It's on every place, all your favorite streaming ways to hear the podcast. You can hear it. Have it's I been free. on yet? Have I gotten on there yet? Have you Not played yet. me yet? You'll be, no, it'll probably be February. February. All right, but, folks, hang uh, in there. <laughs> we're gonna get you we're gonna get you there we have a few in front of you we have a, all right i just heard a, a few uh, i'm trying but, to get you uh, more listeners okay go ahead <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> and uh you know i think the best way is just to reach out and just send me shoot me an email and you know i'm happy to listen to anyone to to help anyone my whole life is about serving that is what I'm here to do is to deliver service. Yep. And um, that's who I am. Well, I can, I can attest to that because I met Jackie. We, we spoke briefly, but we, we really spoke uh, at some more length a couple of weeks ago. And I will tell you, you walked that walk, my friend. Um, and so, and, and I am, uh, personally have been able to witness it. So um, she means what she says. And I am grateful to have had you on the show. And uh, as usual, I've learned a lot. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to have yours on a little bit earlier than February. How you like that? Cause I'm competitive, but, uh, anyway, it's been, 
it's been a pleasure. And uh, I'm just grateful you were able to, to have a conversation with us. Thank you, Jackie. Well, thank you. And thank you, listeners. You know, I, I love sales. There's nothing more fun. And uh, it, it keeps you alive. It keeps you keeps you growing. You always learn something every day when you sell. You sure do. And that when you uh, when you look her up, that Lyles is spelled L-Y-L-E-S, just just for the record. All right, everyone, we'll do it again as well as we can next time. Until then, stay safe. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and Rob at Jollis.com.